Thank you so much to our new Patreon subscribers, Preben Lisfjord, Caleb Leyendecker, and Mark Bucknell. You are the Cinna to our bun. <laughs> Everyone, the Patreon helps keep the podcast alive and allows you access to exclusive full-length episodes, deleted scenes, videos, monthly giveaways, an exclusive book club, written reviews, and your very own Discord channel and role. Please click on the link in the description for this episode to show your support. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, Andrzej Sapkowski, author of the Witcher series of books, has confirmed a new book in the Witcher universe. During a meeting with Ukrainian youth on Thursday, August 3rd, Sapkowski said, quote, Yes, I'm working on a new Witcher book quite diligently. Maybe a year, no more. A new book about the Witcher. It's done. Uh, just so everybody knows, I had that translated from Polish, so I don't know how accurate <laughs> that quote is. But <laughs> it is pretty cool that there's a new Witcher book. I'm pretty sure Sapkowski had kind of mentioned that he didn't really feel like writing any more of them. Um, I've, and I also heard that the latest one was not great like people were not super stoked about it huh. uh so I, I know he's got this other trilogy called the hussite trilogy the first book is called tower of fools but i've never read any of that i've really only read the last wish i've never read any other witcher books i've got them all Same. back here i really want to get to them at some point but the lore is just all over the place now with like yeah. you know, got like the show and everything that's doing and then all the video games have their own thing going on and then all the books have their own thing going on so i can see why maybe the people were kind of disappointed with the last book because maybe people had kind of gotten a taste of all kinds of different storylines going on. And it sounds like Sapkowski was kind of sick of Geralt and just <laughs> like, just want to uh, kill him. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really sure what the deal is with this new book. Like maybe it'll be just set in the universe, but it won't be about Geralt, but I don't really even know where the lay of the land is at the end of this series as it stands already, but it's cool that he's writing more. Definitely. Yeah, I have a friend who's really into the books and he keeps like hitting me up being like, you need to read them because I want to talk to somebody about them. Uh, Mark, I'll get to them eventually. This one's for you, buddy. But, you know, he's pretty he's a kind of a diehard as far as the lore is concerned. And so he's fine with the video games. But definitely the show, he's like, whoa, this isn't right. And that's not right. And this isn't even kind of, you know, which is I totally understand that. I'm almost kind of glad that I hadn't read the books by the time I watched the show or else I'm sure my reaction to them would have been very similar to his. Yeah, the the take that I've seen is essentially like if you're going to get into The Witcher, just treat every one of the mediums like its own thing. Right. You know, like the show is it's very much its own thing. I, I mean, I love The Witcher 3 so much. It's like oh, one of my favorite it, video games of all one time. One of my favorite video yeah. games. It's very, very good. It's got a very interesting growth pattern, you know, like a lot of things don't go like book game show like that. And, and the game really, I think is the thing that kind of really popularized it. it. Yeah. Really popularized right. it. Yeah. At least in my mind it is. I didn't know about the books until I played the game. And then I was like, man, this game is awesome. And so I went yeah. to the books, but that's an interesting that I can't think of any other story or tale that has happened that way. Yeah, I mean, I've been meaning to get to these books. I probably won't get to them till next year because I still have a lot. I mean, we're obviously reading a bunch of stuff for the podcast, but then I've also got the other series kind of peripherally that I'm reading by myself. Like right now I'm reading all the Tawny Man stuff, and then I'm going to read Gormenghast after that. What is the Gormenghast? Who writes those? Oh, buddy. Gormenghast. Oh, Gormenghast. So I've never read any of them. Uh, Mervyn Peake is the author of Gormenghast. They came out around the same time as Lord of the Rings. 
That's what, yeah, okay. Because they're classics. It just didn't get the same, you know what I mean? Like the same treatment by the uh, by the populace, you know? Like, I mean, Lord of the Rings. I, I mean, I'm sure Lord of the Rings kind of like dipped in and out of popularity. You know, like obviously the Peter Jackson movies had a lot to do with how popular they've been recently and everything. Um, but they were obviously really popular before that too. Um, but Gormenghast is... I've been told a few things about it. So I've been told that it's like it's like Downton Abbey, but if it was directed by Tim Burton, you know, so I've heard Ooh. that. Uh, it's basically like Gormenghast is the name of this big like castle compound, like this big giant structure. It's huge. Like it's it's like uh, I've heard it compared to like Harrenhal in uh, Song of Ice and Fire, you know, like the big okay, giant okay. castle structure. Maybe a couple um, ringdoms. Uh, maybe um, yeah, uh, I see. I see. Yeah, uh, but no. Um, the the whole series I think is about a family that's living in the castle called the Groans, I believe, and they there's all kinds of uh, there's a character I think named Steerpike or something. I'm excited to get into it. I've heard that it's a very fun, if a little bit challenging, of a read. But that's next for me after Tawny Man, and then Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah, that's cool about like the sprawling castle. Like I really yeah, like the art fantasy is really books cool too. Yeah, I was looking at some of that. I, I really like stories that are very laser focused, like that, or like all in one area, or just about like it's just really yeah, nice awesome. to be that focused and that like not muddled by having so many other things going on i just find that really refreshing from time to time not always but certainly from time to time so yeah after gormenghast i'm going to be reading the night angel trilogy by brent weeks which i'm really excited about and then uh, i don't know i think that's really with everything else we've got going on i don't even know if i'll be able to get another i was thinking about maybe trying to read either darth bane uh which is star wars or yeah yeah or the Dragonlance Chronicles. So I'm not really sure. I might go kind of retro and go dig into some Dragonlance stuff. But I don't think I'll be able to read The Witcher until next year. But yeah, I, I mean, I really want to. I'm sure it's really cool. I mean, when I listened to I listened to the audiobook for The Last Wish, the narrator was great. I really liked the humor in it. I liked how well-paced it was. There was there's monsters galore. I mean, it's an awesome book. And I'm sure that they only get better as they go. But apparently... The last one's really bad, so, so I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I'm, sure. I'm really excited to hear your opinion on Brent Weeks stuff because uh, that I, I really yeah. like those books. Yeah, I mean, I read Lightbringer, um, the first book, The Black Prism, um, a pretty long time ago, and um, just didn't just didn't click with me. I don't. I just didn't feel super immersed in it. I know that a lot of people swear by it and say it's really awesome. I had read the first one and I was kind of on the fence about it, and then the consensus seemed to be that the fifth one really dropped the ball and got really weird. And hmm. so I, I just, I don't know. I was already like not feeling super awesome about it. And then I have f- heard about that and I was like, I don't really know if I want to keep reading like four more, <laughs> but I don't know. I've been uh, led to believe stuff is bad and then read it and thought it was pretty good. So I don't Same. really, I don't know. It's, it's weird, but if I, yeah, if, I, I, if a first book in a five book series, isn't like really grabbing me, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like we've talked about in previous podcasts where it's like, I, I really hate hearing like, oh yeah, we just got to give it until book three. Then it gets so good. Or like, it's like, man, if you can't give me in the first book or two, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but peace on out of here. Yeah. Well, I know you've had a lot of stuff with your book and reworking that over and over yeah. and over again, but tell me about your week. What have you been reading? What have you been doing? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's everybody knows I'm still working on edits. I've got a deadline for the middle of August to get these submissions that submission edits in, and then um, I can hopefully start submitting to publishers and stuff. That's really exciting. 
I'm definitely in like the state right now where I just, I think this is just like, I feel very in over my head and I feel like every addition that I make or every change that I make is like ruining the entire book. It just makes it worse. <laughs> I know. It's, um, it's fun though, man. Like I've definitely in the last week had some pretty awesome writing sessions where like I sat down and I was like, Oh man, I don't know about this, but here's something I've been doing. And I'm, I can't remember if I mentioned this on another episode, please interrupt me if I've mentioned this already, Okay. Um, but something I've been doing, which has helped me so, so much with, and I didn't read this on any like blog or like TikTok video or anything. I just thought of this and I was really stoked that I thought of this. So if you're listening right now, you're ever at this point or you're at this point right now, if you are working on a fourth or fifth revision of a book and you've, you've revised it a couple of times and you really, it's starting to really take shape. And this is your baby now because you've been working on this for so long, but you want to add additional scenes or you want to mess with scenes and you really want to tweak stuff. Here's what you do. Okay. You open up a blank word document. I called mine vomit V O M I T. You open up a blank word document and you just go to town in there, do whatever you want in that blank word document. Like I do word sprints or writing sprints where I just write and I write and I write and I never hit the backspace button. I just go, 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 go. Oh, wow. And then, so I'll write, Vomit like, is the right term for that. Yeah, I feel so, like, <laughs> so I worked on a scene earlier this week where I'm not going to spoil anything, but I worked on a scene earlier this week and I wrote like 2,500 words, right. In like an hour or something like wow. that. Like, yeah, I like busted through a bunch. That's a lot. And then when I was done, I, read through it all and then filed it down to like 1600 words and cleaned up the prose and cleaned everything up. And then I just tacked it in to that scene and elongated that scene and made it more interesting, like with this one thing. So oh, the, reason I'm, out. Okay. the reason I'm saying to do that is because, and everybody's different, right? Everybody's super different, but I wanted to communicate this with other people that are working on stuff. It's really nice to be able to do that because there's something about trying to tweak it like in the manuscript that feels like you're kind of like, you have to be delicate with it. I don't oh, know right. what it is. You're like messing up the final product. Right, like exactly. this is the version. Yeah. But if you open trick. up another word document, you can just have so much fun in there. It doesn't matter. You, you're not going to mess anything up in the other draft. Like you can, you can write whatever you want. Like there are like cats that all sing David Bowie songs. And the only <laughs> way to kill them is to like summon orcas that also sing David Bowie songs and whoever sings the best one wins or like you can do anything you your want. Story. Yeah. You can do anything. And then if you want, you can take some of those elements out and keep what's really cool, you know? And, and, Except all of that is really cool, what I just described. But yeah, no, that was rad. Of course, keeper but stuff. What I'm saying though is like that was just a cool thing that happened to me like this week. Maybe I started doing it last week, but it's really helped a lot. It's made me feel like I'm not, I don't have to like go in and kind of like with tweezers and like, <laughs> you know, like make sure, oh, I don't want to mess this up and I don't want to like, right. you know, I can just do it in a different Word document. So that's a little bit of cool uh, advice that I figured out. I feel like those little tricks are so helpful and for your mentals. Like I know it really helps yeah. me whenever I'm writing like a poem or something it, that really takes the pressure off is I'll take some like scrap because usually I'll like find some like rhyme sequences that don't work here, but I want to use later. And I've noticed with myself. And so I go out of my way to do this. If I have something beneath where I'm writing and I can see it down there, it takes the pressure off of like, this is the end of the story. It's like, I know already that there's some beyond this. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm putting something in the middle almost as opposed to just going down from the bottom and just knowing that there's some material down there. And most of the time I don't even end up using it, yeah. but just knowing that it's there makes it 
easier hmm. and like takes the pressure off for writing yeah. the bottom kind of it's weird i don't know but it really helps no i know what you mean like it, it's it's you have to still have fun with things you know like and it was, yeah. it was like a thing where i noticed i was like man this is feeling like work right now like this is feeling and it is work but i was like i was like i shouldn't be this stressed out about this like i should still be having fun with this you know what i mean right so, right and i was like how can i still have fun with it oh yeah i know i can just put it in a different document that doesn't matter at all and just go <laughs> for it and just let my brain do the thing that I trust it to do. You know what I mean? Right. Like eventually you start coming up with cool things that kind of work. Probably not even eventually, just, probably pretty quick. But then you just delete everything that doesn't work and no one will ever see that ever <laughs> right. unless you show it to them, but don't, don't show it to anybody. Yeah. Just don't show it to anybody. But yeah, I'm very excited about the progress this is making. Um, I still have a lot of work to do and I'll probably still have lots of work to do for months and months and months. So, uh, it's fine. It's the process. Uh, as far as reading goes, though, uh, I finished Morningstar. We just finished our Morningstar episode. That should be out on Tuesday, everybody. It was a really fun episode. Really great book. I loved it. I liked Morningstar even more the second time around, honestly, because I think maybe because I'm older and I just related so much more to, I don't know, getting the shit kicked out of you and then learning from <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> like what, like f figuratively, you know. Uh, I literally yeah. sometimes, yeah, well, happened, for him happened. anyway, for Darrow. But, but yeah, I really like Morningstar a lot. Uh, I think Pierce Brown's writing just keeps getting better and better with every book. Man, um, so he is, good. He's very good. What, what else did I do? Uh, I'm almost done already with Fool's Errand, which is a 650 page book. Wow. I've just been I mean, I just love Robin Hood. I thought you said so it was boring. <laughs> it is boring, but I can't stop reading it. Like, it's. it's <laughs> I just read an entire chapter and I was like, we didn't need that, Robin. You know, we Robin. didn't need that and I know we didn't need it. I mean, but what is need? You know, what does that right, word even right. mean? It's so funny how gentle you are with some authors and how aren't, you know, I get to see the wonderful behind the scenes, Evan, where we both sometimes will dump on some things just to kind of shape our opinions and get some stuff out of the way of like things that bothered us in an inordinate amount, like it shouldn't have. So we don't want to just like hate on something because we were being silly in our minds one time. So we'll have these like pre podcast little sessions sometimes. And it's funny, the grace that you extend to some authors and some that you do not extend to others. We will not be naming names. And I'm sure I am the same way. So yeah, like no shade. I'm I just sure. find it interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it's our, know, it's, our, our expectations, right? It's like a, it helps flavor the content that we consume, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think our listeners will appreciate that. Uh, and they know of me too, that like, I just, I don't like being bored. Like I really, when I'm reading right. and boredom is not synonymous with regard to reading with like no action. That's not what I mean. Like, I, I don't, I don't like stuff. <laughs> How do I put this? I don't, <laughs> stuff. I, I, don't, I don't like stuff. I don't like it when things are happening on the page that I'm not connecting with where I just, I don't feel like, I feel like we're not moving anywhere and nothing interesting is being said. There's no mystery being developed. There's no promises being delivered on. Right. It's not, it's not really poetic or anything like cool about the writing itself. Yeah. But that's, I mean, with a lot of the books I read, it's pretty rare. Like, you know, we're reading a lot of like trad published stuff and like, you know, I, I'm I'm keeping an eye out for like what other people think about things before we kind of like start diving into them. And we like, skip it's, from it's, mountain peak to mountain peak. It's pretty rare, yeah. Like we're we're reading, we mostly read pretty awesome stuff. I yeah, feel we have like. DNF'd yeah. a few, but that's rare. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So Tawny Man is going really well. I really like it so far. The next couple of books are chonkers. I think the last one is like 850 or like 900 Ooh. pages or something. But I'm really really into it. I don't know if I'm going to read Fits in the Fool soon. I might save that for later. I might read it next year. 
I've finished my portion of Valor by John Gwynn. We're reading half of that, and then we're doing an episode, and then reading the other half. So I got halfway through Valor. It's great. It's really good. I don't really have a whole lot of like with Malice. I definitely felt like okay, this is I, I this is pretty slow. I don't really know what's going on here, but I feel like now that I know all the characters and I've got more of like an understanding of the landscape and understanding of the bigger story going on here. John Gwynn definitely does a pretty good job of get, keeping things moving along. The characters surprise you a lot of the time, but there's also a lot of, how do I say this, uh, conventional story beats that are just so nom nom nomable. Yes, but like there comes a point where, if, if I will <laughs> say any criticism about it, where it's like, okay, man, yes, this might be a old trope that has not been used in a long time, but it is still... Uh, kind of a tired trope and he, he's doing a fair job in some regards putting pretty a well. fresh twist but there's I a few twi- few of them that i'm like oh god okay oh here we go my like, only critique of faithful and the fallen so far and maybe some listeners will agree with this is that it's jumping around a lot like really fast like we'll have like they're like two page chapters and it'll jump to like three different characters and then it's like back to another character after like 14 pages where there's been like you're in like three different spots in this continent it's just like dude this is huh i have to like keep remembering like okay we're over here now okay we're over here now okay we're over here now you know so i don't think that it's necessarily detrimental to the story but it is definitely it's a weird reading experience detrimental to my comprehension of the story which one could say is thus detrimental to the story itself and i said this that was one of my complaints in the first in our, our um, podcast about the first book was it was just we don't spend enough time with every character with the story being so complicated i feel like it would really aid my comprehension of the story if the chapters were a little longer and i could sink my teeth like into a like lot one a lot longer yeah, <laughs> yeah one like situation like 20, a little bit more yeah i want like 30 like 20 to 30 pages of corbin and then 20 to 30 pages not four yeah but i mean dude the the action scenes are so good. So good. <laughs> so good. I mean, I think that's like, that's John Gwynn's bread and butter, man. Like, yeah, which like, just so happens to be one of my favorite parts of books. And so he's like, nah, he's, yeah, he's no, doing I a pretty mean, good job. Yeah. Like, when Gwynn is on form writing an action scene, it's just like, whoo, this is wild. There is wow. so much stuff going on right now. But it, it, I will say, yeah, definitely. There's just some, there's just some chapters where I'm like, huh. Why did all of that? Okay. Well, yep. We're over here now. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Like, but you know, I think I'm in a very comfortable spot with faithful and the fallen right now. Like it took me a little bit to kind of get used to what was going on and mm-hmm. the kind of like overload of information, but I'm really liking this series. Like I think about it when I'm not reading it all the time, which is a huge, huge indicator. Thank you. Indicator of me really enjoying something like i want to read it all the time but i'm reading all kinds of stuff (sighs) i started another book because (laughs) because you're glutton for punishment and that's how you work (laughs) just look at the video games i like to play (laughs) yeah dude seriously Uh, i started from a buick 8 by stephen king it's really cool so far really yeah it's one of those books where i was kind of always just like what like from a buick 8 like that's a dumb book i literally was just judging it by the by the cover and by the title like i thought it was just silly it is kind of a dumb like co- but, sounding so book though. <laughs> I'm gonna read, but it's it's really cool so far i'm like i'm like 100 pages into it and like 
It's pretty awesome. I just, okay. man, I just freaking love Stephen King. But uh, so this is the little blurb from the publisher. It says, shortly after his father, a Pennsylvania state trooper, is killed in a senseless automobile accident, Ned Wilcox discovers that the members of Troop D have a secret concealed behind their headquarters. Curtis Wilcox's friends and colleagues take turns relating the 20-year history of the mysterious Buick Roadmaster locked in Shed B and how its discovery and unexplained behavior has captivated the tightly knit group of men for two decades the buick seems to be a conduit to another reality and every now and then it breathes inhaling a little bit of this world and exhaling a little bit of whatever world it came from what like yeah i mean <laughs> what and it like the so i picked it up and i started reading it and i was just like this is like a book about like cops and shit like i don't know what's going yeah, on no, uh, the first like, half of your description i was like boring and i know for real other worlds and i was like i, I almost it. put it down i like literally almost put it down because i was just like uh it's like this kid in like a police station like who cares i don't really care Ugh. about this but then they started talking about this car and how they like kept it hidden in this building under like this shroud. And what, what the way that Stephen King describes it, it's like, it's not a Buick. That's what they call it. But it's like, it looks just a little bit different than any car they've ever seen. Like everything about the car is just like a little bit off with like, in like dimensions and like where the stuff on the dashboard is and stuff like that. Huh. It's just a little tiny bit off kilter. And it's just everything about it is like very unsettling. And they keep a thermometer in the room where it's, stored and they only can go in there when the temperature is high and so like if it's like 90 degrees outside it'll be like 50 degrees inside the room you know Ooh. it's really cool like I, Dude, those sort of things scare me because yeah, like you've sweet. heard from like any stories where like demons are present or something one of the biggest indicators is the temperature falls so like that always happens in the stories all of a sudden they're like they're like man it's like 70 degrees outside and i'm like seeing my breath you know and then all of a sudden like demon under your have bed you, have you seen the exorcist or read the oh, exorcist yeah. Man, that movie is wild. That so scary, dude. <laughs> that, those sort of movies are the ones that really get me. I still haven't read the book. I kind of want to read the book. I think I'm probably good on the book, you know? Yeah. I, I'm I probably thought fine I, on that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I wasn't in a horror mood, but with Stephen King, like I was planning on reading Duma Key, which is apparently one of his very much more like underrated books. People don't really talk about it that much, but apparently it's like one of his really good ones that it's just kind of slept on. Um, hmm. But we'll see about from a Buick 8. Now, with Stephen King, there's <laughs> for all my lovely listeners that are interested in reading Stephen King, careful with the ones that nobody really talks about. Because, yes, it's always fun to find a diamond in the rough. It's always fun to, to find an underrated gem. But... Some of them are not <laughs> talked about be for a reason. Like some, for a reason, yeah. <laughs> some of them you're like, oh, I bet this one's really awesome because no one talks about it. It's like, no, people have talked about it and they don't like it. It's so, just a bad book, yeah. Kind of bad. <laughs> I mean, you write, you write 60 of them, you know, 15 of them are going to be kind of bad. So A couple are going like, to be crap. Yeah. There's even, there's like uh, Discworld, like aficionados, people who love the Discworld books and, you know, I think um, moving pictures is like everyone hates moving pictures and thinks it's like one of the worst disc world books but at the same time you can always find somebody that's like oh no that's my favorite like when i posted uh i posted a video about my least favorite stephen king books and one of them was dreamcatcher and the amount of comments that were like oh dreamcatcher is my favorite i remember you telling me yeah, that and i was everybody's like everybody's different what? everybody's that's different crazy i mean and it's delightfully so you know like we wouldn't yeah. have such a diverse awesome world if we wouldn't so i'm grateful for it but still it shocks me sometimes it really catches me off guard the, th the really cool thing about books is that you resonate with them depending on your own lived experience as it resonates with the lived experience of the author and the characters in that book too. So it's like a, it's like a 
deck of cards, you know, like all the combinations are 10 to the power of 10 billion, you know, I mean, it's everybody's going right. to interact with that narrative much differently than other people. I mean, so for some people, yeah, well said. like, yeah, I mean, some people like they read Dreamcatcher and they're just like, wow, like every single event in this book is connecting with me so hard because of all the things that have happened in my life, you know, uh, or all the a lack times of that I've been that sitting on the toilet and, you know, yeah, you know, green I mean, aliens come crawling up from behind. But, <laughs> I mean, not to get super gross up in here, which we usually don't do, but like, I know that there are people that have phobias of things coming up out of the toilet. Dude, and like, <laughs> okay, can I tell you something? And all no, you many, know. many, many thousands of people that I don't think I've ever said out loud before. Oh God. Okay. So from like, I'm going to tell you anyway, no choice here. So for between the ages of like, Oh gosh, six and probably like 17 to 20, somewhere in there, I literally checked under the rim of every toilet that I would sit on to go to the bathroom to make sure there were no spiders because I'm so terrified that a spider would be hiding in the little crack under there and then crawl up my butthole. Oh yeah. And that was like, (laughs) still is like, yeah, I mean just anywhere close to me. It was just terrible. But I mean, you know, and like public bathrooms and stuff in order to like see under the crack, kind of get your, Gotta get your head like in there a little bit. It was pretty gross. Oh so I, I managed to overcome that fear, thank God. But uh, certainly was a thing that I definitely did. <laughs> to deviate from toilet monsters, just a little bit. <laughs> I'm still reading Claymore. I really like Claymore a lot. Um, I just need to finish it. I've just been kind of like distracted with a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And I'm thinking about starting up another Dungeon Crawler Carl here pretty soon. Even though, Ooh, nice. Like, yeah. For some reason, I'm just like. Now, let's get back in there. I I thought about it so much more because I I was like, wow, why was the humor the way it was? And then I kept thinking about it. It was like after our conversation about it, because I think we both realized at the same time, like, I know that you haven't read it before, but you said something to the effect of like, well, maybe the protagonist doesn't like the humor either. And I was like, right. I was like, he doesn't actually. That's really I was like, maybe it's like a meta opinion. Yeah, it was though. That was, you, yeah. and, and it's like with the storyline from Dungeon Crawler Carl, the way that it's all set up, it actually makes a ton of sense why the humor is the way it is. And so now I want to like keep reading it to kind of like dig into that a little bit more. And the narrator is really awesome too. So I haven't started it yet, but I might keep going with Dungeon Crawler Carl. Apparently he's working, Matt Dineman is working on the next installment and apparently it's going to be really long, like eight or 900 pages or something like that. So yeah, that'll be like a cool thing that I'm listening to now and then. Uh, I do, I do still need to finish half the world. I kind of took a pause on the Shattered Sea stuff, but don't worry everybody that's interested in that. We're still working on that. Uh, Chad and I just have a lot of stuff to do for sure. And then that's yep. about it. Uh, I started playing that game High on Life, the like Justin Roiland game. It was on Game Pass. I downloaded it. It's like Rick and Morty video life. game. It's okay. Is it good? It's, a, it's fine. I don't know. It's, okay. like Rick, it's like Rick and Morty humor. Rick and Morty humor is kind of funny, but sometimes it's not. And, yeah, right, uh, right. It's, I'm surprised with like the quality of the game. It's like pretty fun to play, you know, but I, I don't know. I don't know how much. I don't know if I'm going to like finish it. Or anything, you know what I mean? Right, it might be like a little just okay. I'm just not really not, like a not video something you game need to mood. commit to. Yeah, I'm just like not playing a lot of video games right now. It's mostly just reading and writing and stuff. Yeah, but that's it for me this week, actually. Yeah, that's a, that's about it. It's just a lot of reading and writing, and yeah, it's really good. What about you? Man, I've been, um, as I, I think revealed last week, I was uh, chosen to do an audiobook, so I've been working on that a lot this yeah. week, which is um. Very time consuming. Turns out, yeah. not only are you reading a book, but you're reading it out loud and you have to do every word perfectly. You do it right. Uh, 
but I'm getting better. I can kind of feel like I'm actually glad that this book is not only short and, um, you know, I'm going to withhold any judgment until the very end of it, but uh, I'm glad that it's not like some big name book or something. Cause I'm feeling like, I feel like that the next time I do this and then the next time, even after that is going to be like so much better than this one. Yeah. So I'm learning kind of like if you go back and listen to one of our first or second podcast episodes, it's like, Oof. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're not, they're not great. No, they're not great. They're not great. And so it's like, I don't know. I'm glad that I'm able to kind of get out my first one with a smaller book that is less known. And so uh, that's a blessing in disguise, I think, because, you know, we think we're going to be great at something and I'm not bad, but like I could be a lot better. <laughs> so, yeah, that's been taking up a lot of my time old audio booking, but uh, it's good stuff. You know, I'm I don't know if I've mentioned this, but like eight months ago or something, I decided I wanted to learn how to sing because I always thought it was something that you had to be born with. And turns out, not true at all. I was just like, dude, get out of your own way. You've always wanted to sing and you've never been able to not learn something that you've set your mind to. So do it. So I've been following along on this uh, guy, Ken Tamplin on YouTube. He is the man for anyone trying to learn to sing and just been doing like 45 minutes to an hour of it a day for the last like eight months. And I am way better. But where I'm going with this is I begin every day with like showering and I do these like Eh, probably like 15 minute long like vocal warm-ups. And for anyone out there who's like making content or just using your voice often. Oh my god. The yeah, vocal warm-ups <laughs> are so good for not only like my singing, obviously, but like the biggest benefit I notice is just when I'm making content or reading, like audiobooking or anything that I'm recording my voice. It is so much. I did them before we did the podcast here. It's just my vocal range is so much it's like when you flex a muscle when you um, stretch it out it's like you have like this this larger range of motion you feel like more in control nothing's gonna snap and i can just i'm just far more in control of my own voice and i would absolutely recommend learning some like vocal warm-ups for singing if you create content to like warm up your voice for talking because it really has helped me a bunch and i'm a way better beatboxer as well just like so many benefits that i didn't know were there no, for sure. Like we should both be doing that, like <laughs> before every episode, really. Yeah, man. Because I can feel my throat getting kind of scratchy after, especially if I do like lives on TikTok and I talk for like yeah. an hour and a half straight. Like, yeah, for sure. Yep. And like drinking, you got to stay water. Like dry vocal cords is like the death of a of a voice for sure. And you can you can use techniques such as guaddle compression, things of that nature. Guaddle compression. Guaddle compression. Anyway, um, okay. So to books, Valor. I've been reading it not as far as you into it, but uh, I have. Like you said, I'm enjoying the action a lot. I am still sometimes like a little eye rolly with the tropies that he's that he uses, but all in all, I think all things considered, I think that he is doing a good job like putting a fresh spin on them. There are definitely characters that I find more interesting than other ones. Like there's like definitely characters when you're reading a book with a lot of characters, and this is pretty normal, where you like come across one, and you're like, oh, we got this person's chapter, and then you read that, and it's just like not as interesting as the other people. So I certainly have my favorites, um, which is unfortunate because there's been some books that we've read that I've been like, man, everyone I'm stoked for. And unfortunately, there's definitely some storylines here that I prefer over the others, but that's okay. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the same with like like Song of Ice and Fire. It's like when I was reading those, you know, I turned the page and it'd yeah. be a Sansa chapter and I was like, I don't want to read about Sansa chapter. Like, Dude, Sansa chapters I, were I, the worst. I feel like that's just kind of the case <laughs> with like a lot of books that have a lot of POVs in them. Um, I agree. One thing that I've kind of noticed about Faithful in the Fallen is a few of the characters kind of seem really similar. Very similar, yeah. Yeah, which maybe that's all according to plan. Maybe. I like giving the benefit of the doubt and like maybe that's 
that's the point of some of it. Maybe they're the same person. Perhaps. Actually, that'd be kind of interesting. Remember how we work. thought that was the case for um, uh, uh, Eilington's Lycanius? We thought Lycanius. every character yeah. was the same. We thought <laughs> everyone was like one character. So oh my gosh, we were getting jiggy with the, our theories <laughs> on that one, man. That was fun. Good stuff. I finished Misery, uh, which I really liked. I, I liked hey, the nice. second half yeah. a lot more than I liked the first half. Yeah, it sped right along, didn't it? Yep, yep. He's Man, King is very unique in his writing style like there's some times that like, i'm reading an author that it's like i'm not really noticing that it's that author's style like some authors just kind of yeah. they're just good yeah. writing and you exactly just read it but some authors have a flavor to them uh, and they king, like king has a style for sure yeah he's got a yeah. style and yeah. i really like it a lot yeah i mean one of the things that i really love about him is his attention to detail you know, yeah. like he seems to be, he really loves like zooming in on stuff Yeah, he uh, does. and it really makes you feel like you're really in there a lot of the time. I like what he does with third party perspective as, as well. Like sometimes you'll be going along with main characters and then you just jump over to some random person who you'll never see again. You kind of get like a two minute chunk of their life to experience yeah. what's happening in the story from an outsider's perspective. And it's really cool and unique and um, is a cool thing that he does. His writing is incredibly confident. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. It's so confident. So confident. Like he, you can tell he loves it and he is having so much fun with those words. Yeah. Like his word and he choice knows is he's so good at good. it. And his vocabulary is amazing. Yeah. Like he uses such, like in the way that he kind of like anthropomorphizes certain like inanimate objects and stuff. And just like the word choice he, he'll use for like the sky. Like, he, like if he's describing the clouds in the sky. You know, he'll say like, you know, a lot of people will say like the sky, like the like, like clouds floated above in the sky or like whatever, right. but not they Stephen King. Like, no, he'll say something like the clouds were like swept as though like with a broom or something like that. Yeah. I know that that's like, I'm sorry. That's not like amazing for me. Like that's not exactly what he'll say, but he just uses odd, like skewed language for different things that you've never really seen anywhere else. But it paints it p the picture perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. It's you should read um, on writing by Stephen. It's like his, it's like, like every burgeoning writer reads on writing, you know, it's like a joke at this point that like, Oh, you're writing. Like, have you read on writing, you know? Cause Oh every, really? Okay. It's, it's an amazing book. It's like half like autobiography. And then a lot of it is him kind of talking about his approach, like how he likes to do things, the way he likes to describe things or not describe things. Does he mention how he finds inspiration for describing things besides like thinking um, hard? No, I don't remember. Not, not that I can remember off the top of my head. I mean, the one okay. the one big piece of advice I got from on writing is stopped using adverbs. And just not using adverbs has cleaned up my writing so much. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. Adverbs I wonder are, why that is. I don't know. I feel like everybody's got clunky. different tastes. Like, I don't know. Man, like JK Rowling, like all the Harry Potter books are chock full of adverbs. And they're adverb city. Obviously, that wasn't that big of a deal, you know? So, I mean, you know, use them if you feel like you want to use them, obviously. But I've found that adverbs are just kind of like an unnecessary word, you know? Hmm. So instead of saying she walked quickly, which is perfectly fine. You might want to write, she hurried, you know, like, oh, get, okay. Get, get the information to the reader as quickly as possible. You know, like, don't write, like, you don't want to clutter up your sentences with unnecessary words, you know, like, how can you best convey what's going on 
in the in the fastest amount of time yeah that's actually really helped me in my writing is you, yeah. you harp on that a lot and i'll go back and like read oh, the I stuff like, especially the stuff that i know <laughs> that you're going to read and i'm like this has so many extra words because i'm a very wordy like to a fault like i'm very like loquacious and bloviate and you know that can be helpful in some ways but in writing it can be really like dude what are you even talking about now yeah, i get lost in yeah, my own description yeah. of things and it's like it, that one piece of advice has probably helped me more than i think probably anything else because i go through i'll remove entire chunks I'm like why is that even there chad it doesn't need yeah. to be you know no Very like helpful. a big one too that i didn't get this from on writing but just while we're on the subject is um i try i've i, I try not, not to ever use the same word in a paragraph two times right if it's like the room was cold and then in the mm. next sentence say the door was on the other side of the room you know what i mean right, like right uh, or the room's other side you know like using possessive uh words instead of of the you know it's just like little tricks like that to like clean everything up and you know it, and it's not because it's not like oh writers are stupid or no readers are stupid and you need to like make sure that it's just like i don't know i look at it as kind of like a favor to the reader you know it's like i'm not yeah. i'm not gonna waste your time you're not gonna waste my time like let me just get this information like, to you this is clearly. already like a whole book yeah it's like make it clear you know yeah like, uh, don't have like a bunch of clunky language that doesn't mean anything but it's tempting sometimes because that's how people talk you know yeah oh that's how like, i talk it, for it sure can feel, it can feel very natural for sure that's why there's like the great contraction debate you know like should we the be using great contraction <laughs> i use contractions i don't care whatever, whatever. yeah it doesn't matter why, why would you not i mean it just depends like it, it, like tone is everything right so it's like okay yeah if you say like i can't do that that's a casual way of saying that but if you want to kind of like emphasize, you say, I cannot do that. You know what I mean? And so right, you can kind of okay. play around with that or with um, commas and like punctuation and stuff. Like if you want to make it sound like someone's really frustrated, don't have commas in there. You know what I mean? Like they're saying it really huh. like, like, oh my God, I'm so sick of you right, right now. Right, because a comma like, indicates a pause. Right. So if you, were, if you wrote, oh my God, I'm so sick of you right now, if you put a comma after, oh my God, and then have it say, I'm so sick of you right now. It it kind of deflates how frustrated that person sounds, even though mm. it might not be like totally grammatically correct. Like the right. reader will see that long string of words and get that. And then you don't even have to say, she said frustratedly, you know, right. <laughs> which is, I've seen that before. Like, like, what, like I don't mind. Oh, is that even a word? Yeah, yeah. No, frustratedly? Like, uh, oh, I've seen way worse adverbs than that. Oh, like, that's rough. <laughs> I used to never notice stuff like that when I read, but now I notice it like quite yeah. frequently just he because said, like it's a thing that you really dislike. And uh, it's made me a, a much better reader, reviewer, and writer. He said articulately. Oh, like, <laughs> like he said articulately. Oh my gosh. But I mean, but, uh, I, you know, an, an adverb works for, you know, obviously like sometimes like you could say like she stepped lightly across the room or something. That's fine. Throw it in. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. write snuck, you know, but what if you use snuck like a couple pages ago? Like, use the adverb, like, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. You know, like, you're <laughs> writing rules are, it's not like never ever do this. Like, go read a Chuck Palinhook novel. 
he breaks every rule yeah and there's like a there's like buzzfeed kind of like never do this in your writing like you know and, <laughs> and it's funny because some of them are like never use the word was and it's like Wait, what really you really think i'm gonna go like ninety thousand words without ever using the word was yeah get, out get of the here. hell out of here no <laughs> way. of course i'm gonna use it and and you know what go read other books like they use it all the time all the time they do yeah you know i think um and this is just my opinion and i haven't been doing this for that that long but i think if your main objective is getting the point across you know what i mean stay on topic keep it interesting keep it clear you know you can do fine but uh why yeah we got on the subject of writing again sorry everybody uh me and chatter in very writer mode right now so we are yeah (laughs) yeah, i love it i love talking i could talk about this stuff all day so i know i know well anyway to wrap up what i've been reading i'm almost done with the sword defiant which i've been really enjoying um it's the first of a series and i'm just into it it's good it's good it didn't make it quite as far in the story as i kind of thought it was going to and i think I think honestly, I'm a little spoiled by Pierce Brown, who manages to pack so much story into so little book that yeah. I'm just like used to that right now. And so I'm like, man, why has not more happened in these pages? But it's just like pretty normal. Actually, I'm getting used. I'm normalizing the exception. Yeah, I think uh, reading Pierce Brown <laughs> in tandem it's with gonna, it's anything, gonna, yeah, it's gonna make <laughs> a lot of books feel kind of boring. I feel like like Tony Man's like not even boring at all. <laughs> oh no, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> by oh. any metric yeah it is for sure one thing uh that i did start that was new this week that i'm not like part of our our canon of things that we're reviewing is i decided to do it to finally finish or at least get a little bit farther into the puppy war series and i uh, oh, wow. like two chapters into the dragon republic oh yeah that's the best one in my opinion oh is it it's awesome the the nice. battle at the end you're gonna love it yes i i still have a vivid image of the battle at the end of the dragon republic it's really cool so nuts it's really good i think the best that, part of the whole series actually yeah, dude, a good battle it's like republic. hard beat yeah you'll know when you get there too okay like, it'll, it'll start okay, cool. setting it up and you're gonna be like whoa no what? way they're doing they're doing it here oh my god yeah <laughs> that was like my reaction like what right now right here oh my god this is wild yeah those, those yeah. are those are cool books yeah i think um poppy war is like a chad trilogy for sure because yeah like it's very like let's plan all this out let's execute it this way like here are all these troop movements and logistics and yeah that's what stuff. i want you i want some like, stuff i love that stuff yeah I in fact hate that shit. Really? oh it's so <laughs> no, funny. i don't hate it i'm just being dramatic but yeah um, no nah, you're, you're allowed to like or not what you like you know but i just I don't know when an author goes out of takes the time to set up a good battle and like really let me know the because I just I don't know I I like thinking about old school battles and it's just like how blessed we are even when it comes to today's battles right and I know that we have horrific things that happen of course but at least we don't have to line up and go hack each other to pieces with like scythes and swords and stuff you know yeah so um that was the way battles were fought for a really long time time Yeah. yeah And obviously, so I recently watched that new World War One movie, All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I watched that. And like, obviously, you know, war in any capacity is absolutely horrific. And that movie absolutely really showed that or like the beginning of Saving Private Ryan or whatever. But man, the fact that we were pretty much just running at each other with sharp weapons, like yeah. for, for a much longer than we were doing it with guns, like a lot longer, even in World War One, there was a lot of bayonets you know yeah well i mean i don't think the geneva convention which um 
defined a lot of like the kind of traditional rules of of battle i think that was like 1950 or 1949 or something and you know so it's like we had where you know in that we just we decided like hey guys like poison gas like not good yeah but like, before that the planet, they were like yeah, yeah, we don't have any rules about like, this trenches so it's, just... it's heavier than air so it would like settle oh, i mean it's just, oh, it's so nasty i know this is kind of a dark subject but i mean like it it it's so weird that we have like a rules of combat it really is like i get it i'm not so i'm not like so ignorant that i'm like why do we even have wars man like i (laughs) like i i get it like obviously but it's like it's just odd you know like i feel like if aliens came down they'd be like you guys have like is this like a game for you guys like you right like what like like you guys are you're anticipating this and so you like set all these ground rules like well you can't do this but you could totally do this you know like yeah but but like i said I understand what it is and then like, like what happens if someone doesn't follow them you know it's like do they have like that advantage or i guess like the rest of the I world's like that's what, i think that's what would cons- constitute or one of the variables that would constitute you being called a war criminal ah yes um you're not abiding by the rules <laughs> <laughs> of murdering people <laughs> right we have some rules when it comes to literally doing the worst act that we've ever invented <laughs> yeah i mean at least like uh, it's better than not having them i guess than not like, rules and a bunch of yeah. hospitals being bombed i guess yeah I totally suppose. yeah uh, let's hit the fictional yeah. fun fact if you're all wrapped up with your week i am however i do want to acknowledge a few reviews <laughs> oh that yeah 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 totally okay yeah. so we got two new reviews this week um team i'm expecting a little more out of you oh you really gosh. raised no, the expectations been here Every, so no you got everybody has been incredible Thank you Evan is right. I just am a, a a rule-breaking fiend. And also, you guys have been spoiling me with four, every, which is the record in one week, every week for the last like four weeks. And so like, what, what's a guy to do over here? But anyway, I want to thank you very much, Jen the Ripper, for the reviews. It was entitled Time Well Spent. And I'm going to read the first sentence of it because it's awesome. It says, I thoroughly believe that Evan and Chad are two of the good ones. Oh yeah. Well, thank you. Appreciate you. We got one tricked. All right. We are trying. Yeah. <laughs> we are doing our best. That was from Jen the Ripper. So thank you so much, Jen. You have an awesome name as well. Uh, and then the next one, the title of it is just a smiley face, which is almost just as good. Very, very awesome. That is by H E K R D K M R K. So Hector Marked. So Hector Marked, thank you so much for the review. We super appreciate it. And then as far as some gratitude for the countries out there, the lowest we have ever been, which is really the highest, right? Because it's like the lower, the better. Number one is best as opposed to number you know 44,000, which is how many are in our category on Apple Podcasts. But the lowest that we've ever come in at is seventh. And that is the Philippines. So that week, uh, Philippines are breaking some records. Thank you, Philippines. A new player on the map as well uh, is Israel coming in at 75th. So thank you, Israel. And one that I'm particularly proud of because they're in the top five of the largest countries that listen to our podcast overall is the United Kingdom coming in at 88th. Wow. That's that's really awesome. Thanks very much, UK. Yeah, thank you, UK. And then finally, we have Portugal at 99th. Just barely squeaking in there, but thank you, you, Portugal. Portugal. Killing it. Killing it, killing it. Portugal is one of the countries that I want to see like the most. I have like a list of oh, places, really? that, places that I really want to go. Um, I mean, I want to go everywhere, obviously. Like, I would of course. To, I really, really do want to travel everywhere. But like Portugal, for sure, I would really love to go there. Uh, Japan. What about Portugal makes you go? What gets you? 
just the pictures I've seen. I know that that's such a kitschy answer, but like, oh, I mean, what else do you have to go I've off? Seen of? pictures of Lisbon, and it looks so beautiful. It looks so awesome there. Yeah, like the beaches there look really great. I've just heard it's a really awesome country to visit. Uh, Japan is another one that I like. I, I really want to do like a whole Southeast Asia. Like, I'd love to go to Japan, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia. Same. Thailand, like I'd really uh, South Korea, I'm sure is really awesome. I've heard Seoul is just a ridiculously fun city to go hang out in. So yeah, like uh, Southeast Asia and stuff. I really would love to go to everywhere in South America, like Same. Chile, Argentina, Venezuela, Brazil. Yeah, it's underappreciated. I feel like Peru, Colombia, like oh, so many, so many countries I want to go check out. If I didn't mention one of your countries, I'm sorry, but like the whole continent. Ah, I want to go hang out down there for like a year. I agree, man. Well, when yeah. we um, make it into the big leagues and I get my sailboat or whatever, we can uh, we'll sail down there. It's just yeah, like just down, down there a little ways. Just so, down no there. Just, just down, down there. there. It's, it's like a little, tiny little ways. Little, yeah. Little jaunt. We're already on the west coast. You know. My sister was just in Japan. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just like a couple weeks ago, and she uh, she yeah, had really go good things to say. Me too. There's so many beautiful places all over the world, man. Like, I mean, the United States is cool. I like, I like living here. I mean, I, th- I think it's a, it's a really beautiful country. Um, it's massive. Like, if you're from Europe, and like, I remember when I was in Europe and uh, we were in Berlin, and I said, well, we need to drive to Dusseldorf tomorrow. And this person that we were staying with was like, oh my god, that is such a, that's such a ridiculous drive. Like, you're driving across the entire country. And it's like, well, I mean. Technically, yeah, we are driving across the, the country, but I mean, it's basically like driving from like, I don't know, uh, Boise to like Seattle, you know? I oh, mean, really? It's like, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's like a long drive, but it's like, it's not that, but you know, in the United States is like a really long drive in the United States would be like, I don't know, like Phoenix like, to like New York or something. Like, yeah, you know it's like I mean? seven like, or eight days. Yeah, you know? well, I, I don't, let's see, I think. I, think, I mean, it would take so a hard long time. Yeah, no, it would take you a really long time. Um, I mean, I think. Like, cause I, when I was playing in bands, like we did this, we did what was called dives down the five, right? Which is like, you start in like Seattle or like Bellingham or whatever is at the top of Washington and you go all the way down to San Diego. Oh, wow. And it's called dives down the five. Like, so, I mean, obviously you have to branch off the five to get to certain places, but it, it takes a really long time to get from the top of the country to the bottom. But I've done cross country tours as well where I've gone from like Oregon to New York and like everywhere in between. And that took wow. forever. Like the drives, like the drive from like, oh my God. like the drive from like Denver to like Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> it's like no, such a long you. drive. Like that is, Oh my God. Like it's Dude, the so, problem with like so long. Oh, crossing the country is like, and I'm sorry, middle States, but like, no middle States are cool. Dude, okay, some of them are really cool, <laughs> but some of them are so flat and I'm They're a creature flat, who comes yeah. from like, forests and yeah. hills and mountains and like i have the beautiful mountain range to look at every day of my life i'm so blessed to have it but like when i drive to like through like south dakota which i had to do one time i'll just like wow this oh, is man so i think it's flat. beautiful i don't I, it, it okay, has its so own sort of beauty. a couple a couple notes here uh so have you heard that like when like our our biology uh is like it's very it, it really likes big flat open spaces because that makes can, sense because you can, you can see, see far. yeah you can see whether that's why the like t-rex is coming yeah like when you see like big open vistas you know you're like ha nothing's trying to kill me right now <laughs> that's like basically what your brain is right. saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you like it so much so like i mean i just remember like vividly like driving through like 
like Kansas, uh, Nebraska is really beautiful. Um, and granted, Kansas it was is really pretty too. It was it, like granted, Kansas. it was in like May. You know what I mean? So I'm sure like November in Kansas is probably kind of rough. But like, yeah, I've been to Minneapolis like four times. Like three of the four oh, yeah, were Minnesota. in January. Oh, it's like you walk yeah. outside. Mother Nature's like, "What's up?" And like punches <laughs> you in the stomach. You're like, I can't breathe. <laughs> so I've heard Minnesota is really beautiful. It yeah, is. I've yeah, the one time I've been cool. there in the summer, it was gorgeous. But I, I actually drove through a lightning storm in the middle of the night in Nebraska. If you're from Nebraska, how? <laughs> like I, that was one of the scariest things that I've ever done in my life. Like it was, it was not just, it was not just like, hey, lightning, and then like a few seconds would go by, and like, oh, there's another one. Like, no, that's not what it was. It was constant lightning. It was I know just exactly like, what you're it was talking lightning about. Like every half second, it was just all over the place and we were on like this one long stretch of road no mountains no hills or no anything. other cars you're like was, are we supposed to be inside right now and i know that lightning can't kill you if you're in a car obviously do, do you know that i don't know that is that yeah because you're not i think it's because um you're th- the rubber on the road yeah you're not grounded okay but so it'll I just mean, travel through you it's still really scary just the idea you yeah. know like I have, <laughs> I apparently like planes like, get wouldn't... struck by lightning all the time oh well that's because I'm actually getting. I know we're we're way off topic, but I, I remember, I'm actually getting on a plane um, in a couple months. Where are you going? I'm going to go visit my dad for a golf tournament. Wow! I didn't know you were a golfer. I play golf with my dad. Uh, whenever I wow. see I'm my a dad. really good caddy. I caddied a lot in my younger years. Great job. You know how to. You know the lie. You know what clubs to use. Those oh yeah, cool. definitely. I know how to count off yardage like a son of a gun, man. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm going down to, well, I'm going down to Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell everybody. Uh, my sister, Sarah, is pregnant and is having a baby. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I'm going to be an uncle. You're going to be an uncle. Yeah, I'm going to be an uncle. Uncle Levin, that just sounds good. Right? I know. That kid's going to read so many fantasy books. Oh, my gosh. Oh my is he ever? Oh, and Sarah was just like, oh, yeah, I hope he's into it, or I hope she's into it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> they will be. Like They will I'll, be, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll find something. She's like two no th- almost three months pregnant now and uh so wow. like, by the time i get down there in, in october yeah she'll be like f- four almost five months pregnant uh which will be really fun i'm excited to see her Dude, uncle is the best man it's like all yeah, the fun without the uh responsibility because you yeah. you can like hand them back when they decide to like poop on themselves <laughs> and stuff you're like hey this is yours cool yeah yeah i want to try to be as involved in my uh, niece or nephew's life as i possibly can but my dad every year for the for i don't even know how long now they've been doing this for so long but my dad and a very large group of his friends that he's known for a really long time they all get together and they have a golf tournament once a year and i was trying to explain this to effie and um i got the rules for the golf tournament in, in my email and this is the first time i've There's ever rules? Oh boy, there are there. I feel rules. like it's like uh, you graduated. All of a sudden, oh you think you're god. like an adult now no, or something. Oh my god! Like so, like the rules to this golf tournament. There's a lot of different rules, but one of them is that for every drink that you have while you're oh, on, no. on a, I know. So, for, <laughs> <laughs> so there's 18 holes in golf. If you're listening and you didn't know that, but with golf, the lower your score is, the better you do. So here are the rules. So say, and I'm like a very average golfer. So say. I shoot like a 102 or something. I usually shoot in like the very low hundreds of the high 90s. Okay, that's not, uh, not awful. It's not, not horrible. It's not good, but yeah, it's not, it's not, not, not yeah. horrible, yeah. Um, but so if I You're score like, like a, a 160. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can hang. Yeah, you, you can know? hang, yeah, which is better than I could myself. say, man. Yeah, so uh, so if I, if I golf like a 102, 
I could theoretically take, I don't even know how many strokes off because you can take a stroke off per drink that you finish oh wow so per shot oh, you so take i can send it to drink more have. but that'll make you worse wow what i a fun know way. that's a good, uh, that's a good i mean rule. i guess it's fun if you want alcohol poisoning because yeah and i don't are I think, you very competitive i've never done anything competitive no, with you before um i'm kind of i'm competitive against me right yeah yeah <laughs> same same but i'm no, not really but, against other people either no um no not really yeah I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. I'm just really excited to see my family and like um, just kind of go down and, you know, hopefully like I'll be on submission then and I won't really be working on like heavy edits for something. Right. So I can, like, take a break from that and stuff. But yeah, just so everybody knows is listening. Uh, I'll be gone for like almost a week in October. Oh, I miss you um, already. Aw. Miss you. I need to go on like one vacation a year or else. Yeah, no. I, mean, I, love, I love Portland so much, but um, I need to get out of the city for a little it's bit. It's important. Yeah, it's really just seeing like the same. If thing anything, every day. to yeah. remind you about the good things that you love about, like I remember I used to travel a lot, a lot for work. Like I've been in almost every state of our co- country f- because of my work. Um, there was like one one year I had to actually go to the boss and be like, I need to travel less because I am getting bore- worn out. And I was gone like one weekend over the course of like three months. It was awful, but it, it was also really cool in some regards because I got to see the nation and everything. But one thing I just that always struck me was how much it made me love where I live more. I'm like, man, I'm so blessed to live yeah, in Oregon Bend, Oregon. It's awesome. just, yeah. yeah. And just Oregon as a whole state is just so awesome. Yeah, and like, cool. I just love the people. I love the place. I love everything about it. And so it was, it, it always like reminded me to be like, yeah, let's don't take that for granted though. You know? So that was nice. Yeah. I mean, like I've been, I haven't been to every state in the country, but I've been to quite a few of them and um, there hasn't been one where I've been like, man, this place sucks. Like I've, there's definitely yeah. like cities I've been to where I've been like, I don't think I'd ever really live here. But I, th- I think it was, I think it was a consequence of I, the, the majority of the way that I've seen this country is playing in bands and touring around and going to different cities. So I would end up hanging out with really cool people that were also in yeah. bands and going to like dive bars and like cool neighborhoods and stuff like that. So like, I have kind of like a biased view because every time I go to a city, they'd be like, we're taking you to the coolest part of town, you know? And so oh, see, I'd be staying I'd be like, in a Hilton alone. So like, yeah, <laughs> yeah you got so to see you, way cooler yeah, parts a, of towns. I got a different flavor of everything. Cause you know, uh, I'd go to like, I was, you know, I was being like Austin, Texas, and it's like, okay, well, tonight we're going to this really awesome barbecue place, and then we're going to hang out on Sixth Street like all night. I've heard know? really good and, things about Austin. Yeah, it's really cool there. <laughs> My uncle lives there. Um, yeah, yeah, so I've been. It's like I've been to Houston, San Antonio, uh, Galveston. Yeah, San bunch Antonio of, is pretty cool. Yes, the Riverwalk yeah. is really cool. Um, yeah. and seeing the Alamo, but man, I've always wanted to go to Austin because I hear it's like the place to be. I've heard the Alamo is really underwhelming. It, it is. Yeah, it's just like a big. Like it's just like a building. <laughs> like, it's like a big brick building, and they like really go. Th- it's so underwhelming that they go out of their way to point out the tiniest details that pe- make people like, "Oh wow!" They're like, "Look, you can still see the bullet holes or like the chunks chipped out of like the side from when they were like under <laughs> fire from yeah. the enemy." And it was like, yeah. "Okay, cool, yeah, this building has chipped." <laughs> like <laughs> how riveting, you know. But right next to it is the Riverwalk, which is, in my opinion, um, the best part of San Antonio. Which is just like, imagine like whatever downtown part of the city you're living in, but now sink it down a level and make it a river, and it's then really cool. yeah, it's really cool, yeah. But like with the Alamo, is there like it's not like the Alamo, and then like right next to it is like a PF Chang's or something. Is there, is that like? Oh yeah, no, it's right in the middle. Of oh, everything. that is really okay. Oh yeah, no, there, there's. <laughs> in fact, I literally think there's a PF Chang's like very. No. Close. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, it's like right in the middle of town. Like I walked out. In fact, it's right across from. I think I was staying at a Hilton, 
or uh, yeah, I think it was a Hilton. Then I walked out of the front door and it was across the street. Oh wow, this is a very small building. Yeah, it's not big. Oh, is that why? I mean, that makes sense though that it would be so historic. Though. I mean, it's very small and they held it right. And that's not like the story of it. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I mean, they were they died eventually, but they they stood their ground for a <laughs> long like, time. It was like our Thermopylae. Yeah, but I mean, if it was big, they would have not been able to defend it as well. So I feel like you know, oh, interesting, small is better for them. Oh, it's not like oh, because okay. So the way that it's been, <laughs> the way that I pictured it in my head, it was like in a strip mall or something. Like no, it's like oh a, it's no, it's, it's, it's like outside. a big property. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Okay. For, for some reason <laughs> in my head, the way that you had described and that I, uh, other people had described it to me, I was like, man, is it really just like San Antonio, like sprung up around the Alamo and it's just like still there? No, it's like a hole. Okay. Never but mind. it is like surrounded by it is in the middle of the downtown of the city for sure. It looks kind of cool. The pictures. But I mean, that's kind of cool. Like I don't have a historic building. Like the closest thing that we have here is like we have a historic cabin that's like on the Shiloh. It's like in the background, the backyard of the Shiloh Inn. But then I did some research one time. because I was like, that's cool. I wonder who used to live in that cabin. Mm. That cabin was actually in a different spot of the river that they just moved it oh, wow. <laughs> there yeah. because they thought it was cool to have it in the backyard, which yeah. it was. But Oregon is not or- cool that they moved it. For you history buffs out there, Oregon is not that interesting of a state. Like, I mean, it's, it, it's where the Oregon Trail ended. Uh, why don't we have more ufos here we have so much green space and national forests it's like we should have more abductions in those forests i feel like we might have some sasquatch action happening up here we might yeah we might i mean we do have a lot of forests we have a lot of forests and like washington like the first like disc shape and like the the coining of that phrase uh, the saucer was in Washington, Shasta in California. So that's right above us in Sh- Mount Shasta. It is like historically like the portal to, you know, the inner world and like the, all these crazy cool places and uh, high UFO activity, crazy stuff there, but not in Oregon, just like right above, right below. Mount Shasta is the um, root chakra of the planet. Wow. Yeah. Fun. I believe it. Have you ever been there? It's a kooky place. Yeah, I don't know if we have place. any listeners in Shasta, but uh, if we do, your town is hey, unique. Your town is weird. Yeah, <laughs> that's a but, weird yeah. spot of the country. I went fly yeah. fishing with a couple buddies uh, a couple years ago up there because apparently they have this like little river that has this type of salmon. I think that one of my buddies was like, "All oh, it's like the only type, <laughs> the only go place." Yeah, it was Ryan O'Holler, and he's like, "The only place that you can find this fish, and it's like all pure. It hasn't been like." <laughs> subverted by any other type of fish or something. It's just a very unique type of salmon, I guess, was in this one little river. And we went and I learned how to be terrible at fly fishing. So really I just hard. don't have the patience for fishing. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, I'm, 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 I should be piloting the boat, but I like we fishing. Were on a river. So yeah, fishing is yeah. cool. <laughs> it's okay for some. If I could just always, I went deep sea fishing one time. That was awesome. It took me like an hour to pull up this 47 um, pound oh, wow. uh, tuna. It was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really cool. It was very exciting and fun and, Super, super cool. All right. Well, uh, let's hit books. the fictional fun fact because, <laughs> uh, yeah, that we've 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 uh, meandered a little bit. Let's do that. Okay. I love how our Monday at the beginning of this podcast when we first started, the Monday morning minute really was a minute. Like it was like it, it, hey, not, it was like not twenty one minutes. Minute. No, but we were shooting for like fifteen to twenty minutes, and I was like adamant. I was like, it can't be any longer than that because nobody's gonna <laughs> listen to it. And then, yeah, I think the yeah, I just. I don't know. I like these longer episodes. I, I like, like them too. And we asked the people. We were like, what could we change about these episodes? And literally the only thing that we got back from many a folk was make them longer. So yeah. 
we listened. Yep, it's fine with me. But all right, let's do it. Our fun fact for today. Begin wrapping it up. (laughs) Let's begin wrapping it up. Okay, so the name for Neil Gaiman's popular young adult novella Coraline actually came into existence due to a typo. When asked about it, Neil Gaiman said. It started for me as a slip of the fingers. I was typing to a Caroline and it came out wrong. Larry Niven wrote an essay collected in the Bretnor book on writing science fiction, where he talks about treasuring your typos as ways to name characters or alien races. And that's the only time I've ever done that. Neil Gaiman continues, I loved the name the way it was like, but not like the name Caroline, the way it reflected that it was about coral, which is both hard and beautiful and hidden. Wow. He really got deep with that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can find really cool stuff in, in your mistakes. You know? Yep. That's really awesome. Wow, that, that is really cool. It r- reminds me that uh, I think it was you who told me this looked like the best way to create a map was to like dump out some rice and then just like yeah, race I was just around experimenting the poor. With that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It works, some it of those little really things. Well for like islands and like inlets and archipelagos, archipelagos and stuff like that. Because it's really yeah. hard to draw a, because we're creatures of pattern and shape and it's really hard to draw a random landmass. like go try just like draw a continent and you will draw it wrong or something it's weird. not but, it but will look if weird. you dump out some rice or some like rock salt or something that's what i used was rock salt and it looked pretty cool like, it, like I'm, I'm gonna i have to redo the entire map of what i'm doing give it to me i might be able to graphic design it a little bit for you make it all fancy cool. yeah i can do that for sure yeah like the idea that you know neil gaiman noticed he's just noticed Coraline sounded good. Yeah, and it is unique. And I actually found this fun fact because uh, this week I watched, I rewatched Coraline, the stop motion movie from Leica Studios. And have you seen it? I've never, had? no, I've never seen it. You should watch it. It's really good. You should definitely watch it. Okay. It's I'll put awesome. it on the list. I'll it's put it on my Evan list right now. Yeah, the Coraline. Uh, it's a stop motion movie. I can't remember exactly when it came out. I think Dakota Fanny's in it, but, and the guy from They Might Be Giants is in it. So that's pretty awesome too. Uh, but we were watching it. I was watching it with Effie, and I was like, you'll love this. It's really, really good. And we were watching it, and I forgot how cre- how creepy that movie is. Like, I don't... Like, if I had kids, I don't know for sure if I would like, show, like, young children that movie. And like, the it's, stop like, motion really, really takes it to the next level, yeah, too. it makes it creepier, like, for yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. It definitely does. Um, but yeah, stop motion, I just have, like, so much respect for that medium. Oh, my like, gosh. What a crazy like it's, like, amount of work. Like unanimously, almost like everybody's just like, oh, stop motion. Yeah, that's the best one. Like that's yeah, if you, <laughs> that's amazing. Like it's like yeah, it's drawing incredible. is cool. The Filming effort. a movie is cool, but yeah, the effort that goes into stop the motion art in two minutes. Yeah, of Showtime is in, and it's like a full hour. Like I can't. Oh yeah. my gosh, it's like it's I don't so even want to think about it. It's so <laughs> but the end product looks really, really cool. Right. It's like the guy from Berserk going through his art pixel by pixel like last week, you know, just an overwhelming amount of effort. But man, the effort can or the outcome cannot be uh, debated. Yeah. If you're listening right now, you've never if you've never read Coraline, it's a really awesome book. You can get through it super fast. It's a novella. Uh, I think it's like 120 pages or something like that. Cool. Um, And I've heard I don't know if this is totally true. Please don't quote me on this. And I'm really tired. And I don't want to go look it up, but uh, I've heard that Neil Gaiman wrote Coraline one sentence a day. He what? wrote one sentence, and then he would stop, and then he would do another sentence the next day. Uh, but I don't know if that's totally true. It's like a, it's like a urban legend that's about wow. that's still alive. <laughs> I like that a lot, though. I hope that's true. That would be a better yeah. fun fact. 
Uh, so in a tweet, oh, yeah, Neil Gaiman said, I wrote Coraline at 50 words a night. Oh, 50 words oh. a night. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's, that's I mean, a great a fun fact. Sentence, Guys, forget but, what I just yeah. said. That one. You know? Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's a, wow, that is cool. I wonder why. Yeah, it just, just kind of proved to himself that he could do like add something else to his plate maybe or. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was working on a bigger project, but he really liked this one, but he didn't want to like oversaturate his workload. And he was like, well, how about I just write like 50 words a night? It's so funny when you want to do something like working out or something. You know, it's like what I find is if you can just start doing the darn thing, typically you'll go way longer than you're like, man, I'll just do a five minute workout. Well, then once you have passed like the first two minutes, you're you got 20 minutes in you for sure. You know, and uh, it's interesting. I wonder if it was hard for him to like stop. Sometimes he got going. It was like, uh, maybe he thought. He would do it with a little bit more intention every time, uh, like make those fifty words worth yeah, it. Yeah, really kind count. Of thing. Yeah, I wonder. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because yeah. you would want to write a boring chunk. Than, yeah, I mean, not that the other stuff he was working on wasn't as as good. Because I feel like when we talked about Gaiman on here before, but oh yeah, I mean, he really is like one of the better writers working today. He, like he's, he's one of the best writers of yeah. our generation. Yeah, he's very very good. That's gonna do it for us today, everybody. Uh, thank you. That was a nice, really long, really long episode. Uh, Evan always but, says that when he's like, "I'm not gonna tell." Him. I tell him specifically, "Don't tell me how long they are before they." He sends them to me to uh, edit because I don't want to know because I'll just yeah, like, uh, I'll, like multiply that by multiple and then I'm like, "Oh well, it's at least gonna take me this. I'd rather just not know and just do it." You know? Yep, totally. But uh, yeah, everybody, seriously, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you got to the end with us, uh, you're you're a real one. We really appreciate you, you being here are the best and you don't have to leave us reviews though i would and always will appreciate it <laughs> um, but, but what you can do is you can follow us on our respective social media pages you we do have a discord the discord is awesome love being in the discord we also have a patreon page the patreon helps so much it's like three bucks a month if all the people that listen to this episode hit up the patreon then both chad and i would not have to worry about money which would we be could amazing. probably do five episodes we a week so instead of four and we be stressed <laughs> out yeah uh not it would to be go, delightful yeah not to go trip anybody or anything but like yeah patreon helps a lot so please seriously does <laughs> hit up the patreon we will give you more content in return we really appreciate it and we appreciate you listening uh hope you have an awesome rest of your day and of course happy reading folks bye everybody